0: Lock Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show.
1: What's going on, everybody? It is I, your host the KDOC, the one and only king of DC media. William Powell, on the microphone, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's guest is comedian actor Seton Smith, who plays a comic named Motif on the Fox TV show Mulaney, a show about comics which airs Sundays at 9.30 Eastern and 8.30 Central. So let me tell you a little bit more about the show. It's on Fox TV. It's from Emmy award-winning writer and comedian John Mulaney from Saturday Night Lives. It's a multi-camera ensemble comedy series about a rising stand-up comic trying to take his career to the next level and the friends and mentors who lift him up, hold him back, and push him around. John Mulaney is a 29-year-old comedian working the stand-up circuit and looking for his big break. But life drastically changes when self-centered comedy legend and game show host Lou Cannon, played by Emmy Award-winning winner uh, Bart Short from Certain Night Live, hires Mulaney as a writer. Oh, Here's an article back from April 2013. Seaton Smith joins the cast of Fox's The John Mulaney Show. The John Mulaney Show, one of the fall's most Promising Comedy Pilots have finished cast that Washington, D.C. based stand-up Seaton Smith has joined the cast in the final regular role on the pilot. It was created by and stars Don Mulaney. And as we said before, the pilot is an ensemble multi-cam sitcom that follows a young comedian who writes for a game show. And Seaton is playing a comedian named Teeth whom the central character often comes to for advice. Mulaney has lined up an impressive, eclectic group of actors to fill out the cast with Martin Short, Elliot Gould, SNL's Nassim Pedrad, and stand-up Griffin Newman making up the rest of the ensemble. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I had the pleasure of actually seeing... Mr. Smith's live several years ago. I was doing some stand-up comedy. Well, I was put it this way. I was trying to do some stand-up comedy. Uh, Steve Smith was doing some comedy. I don't know what I was doing. It was a uh, a little comedy club out in Arlington, Virginia, back in I think it was back in two thousand nine. And even back then, he was talking about the the show that he wanted to do in the future. He had a very clear vision of that. Uh, what he wanted to do and it's amazing to me that he was able to use that vision and actually wind up on this show. It's a fantastic show. Okay, so uh, Mr. Seaton Smith should be joining us shortly and he may have not have gotten the memo on the exact time and on top of it all we're having a little bit of few difficulties with the the internet today. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're going to soldier through it. And hopefully, okay. Okay, I got it. Okay, so let's see if we can get him to, to dial in. I know he's a busy man. Television is no joke. So I'm going to keep stalling here until we get him to to come on, and if he doesn't come on, we'll have him on again, I'm sure. So let me just uh, get the channels of communication working here, folks, and we'll get him on the show. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So just be patient and hang on. Yes, indeed. Uh, and other announcements uh, while we're waiting for Mr. Smith to join us here. Uh, yours truly is producing a show, it's a stage show, it's a show called Death by Design, it's a British farce, and it will be taking its debut on November 7th, and it will wrap November 22nd, and it is a British farce, It's a little bit of a cross between Agatha Christie and Noel Coward, very funny show about a actor and his playwright and his actress wife who put on plays. They have a disastrous review. They go to their cottage to get away from the critics and all the hubbub. And a politician comes up to join them for the weekend. And everybody has a has a reason to to kill this guy. And Apparently, this politician is killed, and the maid winds up being a detective, winds up playing a detective and trying to get to the bottom of the the supposed murder you know, without giving away too much, but it's a very zany comedy, and I'm producing yet again for Greenbelt Art Center. That's uh, 123 Center Way, Greenbelt, Maryland. So that'll be uh, November 7th. If you're in the D.C. area, you go to www.greenbeltartscenter.org. Yes, indeed. So we've got uh, Mr. Smith here. And he was aware of the starting time of the show as of 2 a.m. last night, but uh, we're still waiting, and I'm still still rolling, still talking, still blowing, blowing that hot fire, and trying to fill up these airwaves, try to keep us away from silence, which is never good for a show. So we're just waiting here a minute, we'll uh, wait a couple more minutes, Uh, but while we're waiting for that, let me just make a couple more announcements, see what's going on in the acting world. I'll just pull up some notes right here, see what we got going on. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And it's not helping that the the internet is not uh, cooperating with us today, it seems like we're Very, very slow, very, very slow, which is not good when you're doing a show like this. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, absolutely. I had a chance to go to the premiere of a Christian film. It was called The Basement. That was last Sunday out in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. It's about the rapture. Very good. It had uh, Chris Life go. Was uh, one of the stars. He was on the show uh, about a month ago now. And also, Patrick Van, who's a very talented brother, he was also in the show. And it was about uh, people from different backgrounds, some, um, some of whom you would expect to be left behind in the rapture, and some you wouldn't. And they're all in the church basement. And all hell is breaking loose out in the streets. Things are going crazy, and they're in the basement of a church locked up and going through this rapture and just figure out how they wound up there. And it had some very compelling characters, very compelling storylines. You can read more about The Basement if you go to DC Actors Examiner. You can easily find it by Googling DC Actors Examiner. I wrote a article about the movie. And actually I had the director. The director was on this show. Uh... Uh, Cynthia uh, Cherry-Leone was on the show back about five or six months ago. And if you go back to, I don't have the episode number here, but I encourage you to go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash inside hyphen acting and listen to all these Old episode, so I'm looking here on the board to see if uh, Mr. Smith has joined us, and he has not. And we are about ten minutes into the show, so let's see what's going on here. Let's see what else is going on in the acting world, and we'll give Mr. Smith a few more minutes, and then we'll call it a day. This happens sometimes, but we're able to do a little, a little mini show here. A little mini show. Nothing wrong with that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So we'll just wait it out here and see if we can get uh, get some news to come up here. Okay. Let's see if we can bring him on. Okay, he's on. So let me see if I can bring him on in I got to refresh do a refresh here this uh internet is just killing me today but Mr. Smith has indicated he is on uh, he's he's waiting but um uh, my switchboard is not cooperating but let's uh, let me refresh here and get him on so, Seaton, hang on, hang on, Seton. I, I know you're on. You're waiting. I'm sure you can hear me now. But just hold on a second. We'll we'll get there. Okay. Man, this internet's killing me here. Ah. Hmm. Okay. Just hang on, hang on, everybody. Ah, okay, here we go, got the, here he is, let me bring him on in, (laughs) Seaton Smith, how you doing, brother?
0: Hey, man, how are you?
1: Good, man, good, man, how's everything out there in sunny L.A.?
0: It's nice and pretty out here, man, it's a good place to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, unlike here in D.C., it's uh, starting to look like fall, man. Okay, well, thanks for coming on the show, man. We're really excited about your show. Yeah, so tell me, oh, that's nice to you know, hear. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so in what ways has your career changed since the show premiered, man?
0: People talk to me. That's nice. Um,
1: <laughs> okay, that's yeah. good. That's good. A little more recognition.
0: Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the, the number. It's 90% of it. People just... Uh, uh, you know, the same people that respect, that did not respect you, respect you. It's not that dramatic, like I thought it would be. Not at all. But you know, uh-huh. conversations, just conversations aren't. It's not the matter of like people ignoring you. It's just people are just simply more conscious of you. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think it's more. Not deceptive. It's more or less like. You know, when you make your girlfriend mad, now you're just more conscious of her moods. (laughs) That's all. (laughs)
1: Yep, I know that. (laughs) That's
0: what it's it's like to be on a TV show. People are just conscious of you.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, now, when you do stand-up now, so do you think people expect you to be funnier than before?
0: funnier than I was before yeah, I had a TV Yeah, yeah. Like they
1: expect more. They're like, oh clay, he better make us I mean, I know there's always that expectations, but it's just like is it ramped up now?
0: No. No, they give you more when you're on TV show. That's what makes sense. So oh, okay. they'll give you more laughs you. when they <laughs> no, they're enemy. Nah, I mean just people when people recognize somebody they're already on TV though, they're already ready to laugh as opposed to, you know, when you're a nobody and you just you're already a stranger to the crowd, and you got to convince them that you're funny, which is a skill that I've developed over 11 years, and I enjoy that skill too. So, but I enjoy it the other way too. It's just a fun ride. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, because you know, comedy is like it, it's weird because it's like if you go to a show, you know it, you know it's a. Uh, it's hard to brand yourself in comedy. It's hard to brand yourself. I guess if you have a show, I guess you would be branded
0: in a way. Um, no, is it, it's hard to brand yourself, but if you create your own product, you automatically brand yourself. Does that make sense? So, you know, right, even exactly. If West, right. It even takes if he was crazy, he would uh, be branded. <laughs> you would have a great brand. That, make that makes yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so now this show, uh, I, I, I was looking at it, and it kind of puts me in, in mind of Seinfeld. Let's go a little bit more to the show and who you play.
0: Uh, the show's about um, the skin comedian, John Mulaney, his two friends, Nassim, uh, his two friends, Motif and Jane, and he works for this man called Lou Cannon, who's played by Martin Short, and you have a neighbor, who's Elliot Gould, and we have a drug dealer, uh, played by Zach Perlman. But I'm sorry, and Nassim Bedrod is the other roommate. And uh, uh-huh. it's just it's a loose plot, but it's always like we just get into these silly, crazy adventures, always kind of around John Mulaney's mind. It's really, really fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny show. I mean, it's, uh, like you say, it's kind of a loose plot and you just like, you just have all that comedic talent there and just let them go. Just let them, let them do what they're good at.
0: They really do. Last night we just did a shoot, got home around two o'clock in the morning, but there was (laughs) this, yeah, there was about this one scene where they were just like, all right, go loose. And they let me kind of go loose and it's, it's uh, it's really awesome the kind of trust we're starting to have now after 13 episodes.
1: Yeah. It sounds like the, the, the directors let you just uh, kind of like even after the camera's rolling, I mean, you just like, you just keep rolling. You just keep bringing it. It sounds like, do you guys do a lot of improv or what?
0: Uh, Yes and no. We have, um, John has a really complicated sometimes uh, kind of a, you know, there's like sometimes it's back and forth, but I'm not sure what you call it when it's like three people in the scene. <laughs> we have uh-huh. the hot potato. We have the hot potato where all our lines are kind of supporting each other. So improvising sometimes will mess up the team, but we we rehearse a lot, and so in, in rehearsal we play around a lot, and there that's kind of where our improv lies. Except for this mm. one scene yesterday where I was supposed to walk into an office um, and tell jokes to a USO officer, and uh, we did about two takes which worked, but then I was like, I, you know. I've been playing around at home with a thing. Can I play around with this on set? And they were like, absolutely. And it worked out. So it's kind of, it's just one of those. It was like, like if you work hard, they'll support you. Go, no, go crazy. If you've been thinking about it, do it.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's It's almost like a controlled improv. You know, you rehearse a lot. And then if you have that hot potato going, it's much easier because you got some rehearsal behind it. It's got some some foundations behind it.
0: Absolutely. It's something... I feel like I used to read that jazz artists do. You know, they would, you know, practice a song so crazy that all of a sudden they would start playing the scale. Uh, Mm. Yeah. You know? I think about Mm -hmm. that a lot for some reason. Yeah.
1: Now, how long does it take to to film each episode?
0: Uh, A week, normally. So we do the table read on Monday, and we usually shoot on Friday. We shoot in front of a live studio audience. So we do it all in one little scoop. Not one little scoop, it's usually a long day, but it's uh it's a good scoop. Yeah. People don't really understand that it. <laughs> sitcoms sometimes take seven hours to shoot live. <laughs> that was last time. <laughs> seven hours to shoot live.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. People uh it's uh it's kinda jarring when you go and you don't know it's gonna be that rough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Now I saw you in a picture. You standing next to uh, Jude Apatow. Man, I'd love to see you in that one of those Apatow joints. Man, when, when we gonna see you? In, uh what kind of offers are you getting for movies?
0: Um, I uh, wish it worked that way, cleanly. This is in 1985. <laughs> but if you get a sitcom, all of a sudden you're a star. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a uh, different media time right now. Um, uh-huh. I don't know, I've been, I'm hoping I can make a movie with the man one time, but right now he's doing a lot of stand up, so he's just around in the clubs. So I had a show that night. He had a show that night. We just saw each other, and uh, he's really a dope dude. Like he's a lot cooler uh, than I would think a successful Hollywood director would be. Does that make sense? He's just every time he sees, yeah. he sees me, he, he, he had, yeah, every time he sees me, he's like a fanboy. He has. He's like, oh, I'm an Have you seen this guy? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that person's great. And we just have a great, passionate, I love this person conversation. It's really fun. (laughs) Like, you were telling me you saw Roseanne live recently and she explained this bitch she was doing. And I was like, what? It was fun. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised he still does stand-up. I know he did it when he was coming up here, and uh, Adam Sandler used to uh, to be roommates. And then I read somewhere he said he wasn't angry enough to be a comic. That's why he went behind the camera. But you'd think after all these hits, I mean, what's he, I guess, he's, I guess he's, maybe he does it. Well, I guess when you get that performing in your blood, you don't want to stop. Maybe that's what it is. I'm surprised he still does it.
0: Um, stand-up is a really fun thing to do. and also... I think he likes the challenge right now. And I'm not going to try to get into the man's brain, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. One of the, it's one of those things I think he always wanted to give a full commitment to. And I think he sees that he actually has the time to do it. So it just, it might be just fun. Sam, Sam is yeah. fun sometimes, but people like you, I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I'm going to go back in time about four or five years ago. Now yours truly was trying to do something called stand-up comedy I was trying to do something I don't know what I was doing, but you were doing comedy. I remember back then you were talking about the- kind of show the kind of t v show you saw yourself being on and the vision that you had. I mean, how much is your success how much do you think is it is it vision is it luck is it all the the above it's I know it's a lot of hard work, but talk me through that i mean how how did you go from there to being a local comic here in d c to to being on network television? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I can tell you logistically. Are you asking logistically or are you asking philosophically, metaphysically? <laughs> let's, let's start
1: with the, the philosophical and then go into logistical.
0: Sure. Um, philosophically speaking, uh-huh. I, uh, I had a lot of books that had me motivated me to keep going. Cause
1: uh-huh. Actually,
0: one person told me this. Michael Biggley once told me. He was like, in order to be successful, you got to be a little delusional. Meaning uh, <laughs> you have to really believe you're doing great even when you're kind of failing sometimes just to get through the storm cuz hollywood yeah. and hollywood is a kind of I'm not gonna say it's all for everybody but hollywood a lot of it is just persistence you'll if you just keep going and you keep an open mind you'll figure out how you fit into the machine of hollywood cuz that's what it is it's a machine you got to fit a role you got to go in there and be an independent blah blah you got to work with them there's that Number two, right. I used to, so the the motivational books I used to read were like *The Alchemist*, read by Jeremy Irons. There used to be moments uh-huh. where in my career, that things would be so dark, I would just listen to him on loop just so I didn't flip out. Um, you ever heard of *The Alchemist*? It's uh, yes, it's I have. A, Perry, uh yeah, Koi,
1: yeah. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but I heard of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, what? I can't either. Paulo Uh Coelho, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah Paulo. Paulo Coelho, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a book of you know, it was parable about following your dreams and you know the obstacles that you'll have in front of you because of that. And that just for some reason would always I would always find these these metaphors from the book in real life and go, okay, everything's gonna be okay. That was a sign, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> but really, what it is. It's just it's like pursuing your dream. In my opinion, is what this one athlete told me about training camp is that you just got to accept suffering and get through it and 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 just accept that you're gonna you're gonna make it. <laughs> Yeah, right. is that is that, is that that is not very pretty. It's just very it's very simple.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't want to pay the price.
0: I, yeah, I'm not no? gonna judge other people. I was uh, that's another thing I got. I got very, I stopped worrying about other people. I was like, they have their dreams. I have mine. Good luck with theirs. Right. And when I get mine, maybe I'll I'll we'll exchange notes once I get to the finish line. <laughs> uh, that's one. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, people get distracted by.
1: You oh, can't help okay.
0: other people unless – yeah, you can't help other people unless you're in a good position yourself. Yourself. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you you want to make friends in this business. You want to just be like, well, he's not doing it, so I'll just wait for him. Like, nah, dude. You got to – you got to outwork them a little bit. You got to love them as friends. You also have to outwork them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hard, hard work. I mean, you just got to keep, you just got to keep grinding. That's the thing, you know.
0: That's that's what it comes right. down. Right. So, exactly. So the practical way was also and this is a very practical matter of it all. In order to get onto on the TV, you have to be where they make TV. Like <laughs> uh, uh, people think agents and managers will kind of travel the country, scouring the world for talent, and that is not the case at all. Uh, they are going to go. as like in New York they're gonna go as south as West Fourth Street and as north as seventy eighth Street to find you. And in LA they're gonna I don't actually know where they find you. I don't actually know where they find you in LA. I will say this though. I once did a backyard comedy show a couple of weeks ago. It was no you know, it was just some P, it was a PA's from my show and they were like, Can you do some stand up? I was like, Absolutely, I'd love to. I get off stage and this random guy taps me on the shoulder and says, Hey man, good set, walks and he walks away. And somebody says, hey, that was actually Matt Groening. I was like, what? Wow. Um, the creator of Simpsons. Yeah, the creator of Simpsons was randomly on uh-huh. a backyard comedy show. So that's kind of how it works. You have to be where the people who make stuff are <laughs> to get into the stuff that, you know, they're making.
1: Wow. That's that's amazing, man. It's all You never know who you're going to meet. Okay, Seaton, uh, we're down to about, four minutes. I know we lost a little bit of time. I am definitely gonna have you back on the show again. So just uh plug anything you want. You got uh about two or three minutes to plug anything you want and uh oh also mention um when it, when will you know have you uh, whether you've been renewed or not.
0: I mean for renewed for a second season, that's not until February or April. Oh, okay. I mean between February and April. yeah. So we have mad time. Um okay. Uh Yeah, right now we're just, you know, joining the second, uh, we're going to know if we're going to get an extension for more episodes, uh, probably by the end of the month, but, uh, we have 16 episode order, so we're going to, I think Fox has faith in us, and I have faith in us, so I think this episode, this episode Sunday, 9.30 on Fox, called The Doula, is an awesome episode, and if you watch this episode and don't like it, then fuck it, but I'm telling you, (laughs) (laughs) uh... I'm telling you, man, this is, this is the proudest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm really happy to be on it. It's not because it's like a show I'm being paid for. It. it really is the best thing I've been a part of, so it's, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, man. I, I, it it warms my heart to hear you say that because I can remember. You stood on that stage here in Arlington, Virginia, and you're saying, I can't remember exactly what you said, but what you're saying, when I got a <laughs> show, I wanted to be quality. I wanted to be, oh, you need, you had that vision, man, and it's just like, I'm really, you know, really excited for you. We'll all pull up for you, man, and uh, we'll definitely be watching.
0: That's really nice of y'all, man. Sorry for waking up late. I just That's went to bed okay. at 3 and okay. woke up. It's <laughs> 9 a.m. right now, nigga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah man. All man. right. I was happy to do it, man. Sorry for the lateness, and uh, hopefully uh, the listeners will forgive
1: me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks, sir. Have a good night. Day. Okay, all right, bye bye. Thanks.
1: Okay, everybody, I'll leave you with this quote from the Roman philosopher Seneca Life's like a play. It's not the length, but the excellence of the acting that matters. Good day.